You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts Q and J as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... The worst question anyone can ever ask you is like, "Hey, can can I be? Can you be funny? Hey, be funny can, right can now. Funny, be, be you funny do right comedy, now. right? Yeah, be funny. Man, Say something I, funny. When I did stand up, that was the worst thing that ever happened. Was where they were like, just hey, be, say something funny, because the expectation of funny almost ruins funny. Gotcha. Because because people are like. Yeah. Do it like right now. Hey, I'm am I'm anticipating you right. to be funny. Well, the heart of comedy, a lot of the heart of comedy is the unexpected. Right. Juxtaposition, tr- strange sure. twists, things like that. That's why if you've heard a joke and you know the punchline, right. it's not as funny the second time. Uh, so if someone's like, "Hey, I'm anticipating this funniness," and they just stare at you dead eyed. It's kind of like, oh, well, this is going to make it a lot more difficult. You're like, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> How's that for funny? How's that? that? See, that was Here's funny. Here's unexpected. Ex- I'm going to murder your family. I didn't expect <laughs> you to do that. Right, and that exactly. Was, that was hilarious. Exactly. But yeah, no, so that is like one of the hardest hurt, hurdles to overcome is like, oh, hey, be funny. Be funny right now. Stop, stop, stop what you're doing. Hey, quit, quit what you're doing. Be, do it. Be funny. Do it. Be funny or we're going to be mad at you. It's like, oh, my God. And then you do it and oh, you're my like, they're, they're like, that's not funny. I thought you were a comedian. <laughs> I thought you were going to be funny. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? People I'm... pay you for this? And you're like, not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I'm poor. <laughs> I'm living in a box outside behind this bar. Uh, yeah, I'm funny there. Do you have ramen? <laughs> you might be able to, like, slide my way. Whatever. I'll trade you a joke for yeah. some ramen. I don't even need, like, the, the seasoning packet. Just, <laughs> just, just hand noodles. me the, the crunchy It's going to rain today, I'll make, and I'll just heat it. I'll make rain rain ramen. <laughs> rain ramen. <laughs> Rain Robin. I like to steam Yum. it over the, the 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 grate that's in the concrete where the steam just comes up from. The old broken the down car with no tires that lives <laughs> yeah. in my alleyway. I just yeah. turn on the engine and get, and get it rubbing. Right. But I have to sit, stand beside it with a bike pedal and pedal it myself. It's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a really involved process. But then I get some Rain Robin. Right. And Yum. <laughs> I, said, I don't even know what to say to that. I said that earlier, but you were talking. I know over I was it, talking so over. I it. had to do it again, which I hate when people. do I don't know if you I know this, that but that's not how comedy works. <laughs> you can't say I know, the same thing twice. I know very little about comedy. That's how comedy works, according to my nine-year-old daughter. <laughs> hey, do you remember that's, that time that I said that one funny thing? Guess what? Here it is again. That's the danger at laughing at someone under the age of twelve at anything. That's why I like, don't laugh at that. No, that made them laugh. Now I'm going to say it 8 billion yeah. times because it will be funny every billion now times, just, right? Now she just thinks that she's not funny. She's <laughs> even, horribly unfunny. Even better. Yeah, she's like, ha, look, check this joke out. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that was awful. And in your head, you're like, that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, you're terrible. I'm going to use that at work. Can you be funny right now, kid? <laughs> you're like a miniature comedian, right? I'm pretty sure that's a piece. Say something funny. <laughs> just be funny. No, no, no. You want to see that? Go check out uh, America's Got Talent. <laughs> I've seen quite a few. I always wonder about that. Have you ever seen like the little kids doing oh, stand-up comedy? I always. I love There's like a six-year-old doing stand-up. Yeah. And they're like, do you write your own jokes? And I'm like, no way. That that no, kid you is don't. Writing. That kid can barely figure out how to put together a full sentence. <laughs> that kid is literally crapping his pants his, right this second. When he gets off stage, if he doesn't win, his dad is like, you fucking shit. 
His dad looked like a big old burly dude. I know. He he was like. Although that kid was funny. The was kid the was thing. super <laughs> funny. But how many hours of being locked in the closet did it take to get to that funniness? He's the Harry Potter of comedy. He's like the epitome of the person in the bar asking you to be funny. His dad's just like, be funny. Be funny. Right. I wrote this funny thing now. for you. Be and funny. And you will say it. Uh, yeah, you're not Say funny. it funnier. Margaret, we're making another one. <laughs> This one is a failure. <laughs> well, there's that one girl on there who, live is, who is pretty funny. Who's uh, she's made it to the live is shows. Is it a little kid again? No, yeah, it's like a 13 year old girl. Okay. She had a joke about well, Donald see, Trump. It was pretty could, funny. Those kids could all those could yeah. probably write their own stuff. And then there was there's a comedian man, and I wish I could remember her name, but there's a comedian that has a bunch of YouTube clips that's a legitimate stand up, not like a live TV show, like talent show stand up, like uh-huh. a legitimate stand up, and she is hilarious all right and uh, i'll i'll find her name and share it on our Let's facebook tweet her or and tell her to be funny but she is she's hilarious she had one joke where uh she was talking about um nirvana and she was like the she, band or yeah, the no, enlightenment state no 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 the band and she was like i, I wish uh her, her joke was she was i was talking to my dad and i said you know i wish kurt cobain waited 25 years to kill himself so i could have met him and my dad said, honey, why don't you just wish he didn't kill himself? He's like, dad, and not get the Foo Fighters? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that was <laughs> that's her, funny. That was her joke. That's, that's good. It was really like funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, speaking of comedy and being funny on the spot, this is actually going to be the most natural segue that I have. I know. Here we go. So today's topic is comedies from the 90s. The 10-year period. Yeah, exactly. Of the 1990s. Of the 1990s. Not the 1890s. <laughs> the worst comedy. <laughs> there was Hi-o, a, Joe. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of comedy in the 1890s. <laughs> Take on people, this newspaper. People were very dour. <laughs> Even in their pictures, have you seen those? They don't. They smile. call it the sullen age. It is. So this is uh, this is comedies of the 1990s, which is uh, our formative years. Yes. And, so let's uh, let's, let's get unenthusiastically go into <laughs> comedies right, so should from, we, should from we, the 90s. Should we high five? I think we should. Unenthusiastic high five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't leave me hanging. Do you watch movies? Yeah, no, I do. Hey, do you watch it's, movies? It's, you literally just asked me <laughs> if I watch movies on our movie podcast. Yeah. Hey, awesome. Have you, have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> hey, what's a movie? Are you familiar with Hands movies? on chin. <laughs> what's a movie? <laughs> hey, Q, tell me about movies. What's a movie? <laughs> um... So, yeah, so we're back. Yay! <laughs> From our pause. From our very, very boring our pause. Our comedic pregnant pause, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, something to talk about comedy. Yeah. Let's get serious about comedy. <laughs> Whoa, right. that's no. Let's not <laughs> Let's do that. Seri- Let's get real just down and gritty with our comedy. Let's make this comedy episode have no jokes in it. All right, here we go. So... <laughs> Oh, well, did you hear that? We, that's all of our listeners going away. What listeners? <laughs> that's our one listener yeah. going away. Yeah. That's my wife stopping I was going to ask, if we don't have jokes in this episode, what is any different from any other episode? It's like our had. last episode. It's Schrodinger's joke. <laughs> it's There's just nothing funny about it, continue. and it just stops. All right, so let's just continue to be unfunny yeah. on our podcast. Like it's just t- you, just, you have a setup, but then nothing at the end. It's like, right. how about that airplane food? Next topic. Did you hear that? Silence. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly... Crickets. Exactly. Crickets love that joke. So, as you know and I know, uh, something that's important and really hard about this list 
is uh, comedy is subjective. Extremely. So, Except for the ones that I'm about to list, which are the right answers. Uh, that goes in the face of stating that comedy is subjective. Subjective I don't know what subjective means, means. Subjective means that it is based on the subject that is viewing the material. So each person may have a different opinion of comedy. Someone who may think Will Ferrell is funny, for example, may not think that Al Pacino is funny. Who thinks Al Pacino <laughs> is funny? Uh... I don't know who doesn't think Al Pacino is wasn't, funny. Wasn't he in... That was um, my example of, like, how could you not... <laughs> how could you not think that he you is, know, like, a comedic that great genius. comedic talent, Al Pacino. Right. Alfred you know, Pacino. Richard Gere. <laughs> I'm just going to name comedic actors. Here we go. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Right. Hilarious. <laughs> yes. I uh, loved her work in Red Dawn 3. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, very funny. Tom Hardy. Yes, he's known. He's known for his quips and his jokes. Known comedic director Christopher Nolan. Yes. Also, Martin Scorsese. Yes. As he directed a movie called King the of Comedian. Comedy. Wait, King of Comedy? Yeah. He I did that too, gonna, right? Yeah. He actually has another movie coming out called The Comedian. I know. That's what I was referencing. Oh, that wasn't funny. <laughs> so let's actually. That get was into just it. being subjective just then. Did but you see that? <laughs> But I agree. Yes, comedy is one of those things where if you share comedic interest with somebody, the the comedy movies get heightened because you enjoy it with other people. Right. But it is a matter of like – Nobody movie. likes to go see a comedy movie just in a theater by themselves. I mean I do. But I'm imagining that boring. and that is the saddest just, viewing of a, of a comedy. Just like one person in the theater just like slowly eating their popcorn <laughs> as the jokes are just rolling along. Anchorman's up on screen. He's just like every Goldman's like, ha-ha! And he looks around like angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh. Although I do that – wait, okay, I have to be completely honest. I do that more than I like to admit is that if I'm watching a funny movie with somebody, uh -huh. if I think something is funny and I'm laughing, I like to look around and see who's laughing who's as laughing well. And if, like, my wife or you or someone I'm with isn't laughing, I'm like, ha-ha-ha! Oh, that wasn't funny. That was that, – that mediocre joke. Okay, golf clap. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. okay. Maybe next time. You didn't think that was uh, – neither did I. <laughs> nah. That was sympathy sympathy <laughs> laugh. That was a, I mean, <laughs> for, <laughs> for the movie where the people <laughs> can't hear me. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, fill me in. What's your opinion of comedy before we dive into our list? I mean, like – Honestly, for me, comedy as As one, a stand-up comedian yourself, yeah. as well, a, a professional. Oh, uh, no, a uh, prior stand-up. No, let's get a uh, current stand-up comedian. <laughs> Very active stand-up yeah. comedian. You can look at my tour schedule on www.highfivethepodcast.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, for me, comedy was one that I always loved. And right. I just have a soft spot for it, really, in my pants. And <laughs> Like like the like the soft spot in a baby's head? In, yes, like in the you soft spot have, in my baby's you head. Just have a soft I just like spot to right watch there. comedy movies and tap the soft spot in my baby's head. I'm like, hey, you get it? <laughs> it makes Do you get so it? much funnier. Do you get it? She's like, mm. And I'm like, hilarious. This is as funny as Schindler's List. <laughs> this is the joke. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. The so, great comedy from the 90s, so Schindler's List. Brain-damaging babies. <laughs> and Schindler's List yeah. aside. <laughs> but, you know, I, I range a lot. So there'll be really obscure comedies and that I just find hilarious. Right. Um, and then there are some that are more niche taste, like Airplane. Airplane's one that I consider sort of a niche comedy not everybody yeah, truly totally. likes that slapstick zucker brothers style 
I always did. I think the, all the Leslie Nielsen ones I think are really funny. Do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Um, so, but then I like more standard comedies as well. You know, I like when people are more subtle about it. Like the Coen Brothers have some very funny movies, but they're right. not. You know, people turning around with boards and hitting each other in the head. They're not Stooges based comedy. But then right. I also like that as well. So for me. Narrowing down this list from the whole decade of the 90s to just five right. was really difficult because it does range from everything from, you know, I'll name some of my honorable mentions, but okay. like Clerks. Yep. Very niche kind of out there comedy started Kevin Smith's sure. career. Yeah. Not everybody really appreciates that, that kind of comedy all the way to something like Wayne's World. That barely got eked out of my list because I just can laugh at that movie any time of the day. Fair enough. To the other side of the coin, which is like Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Okay. Which is incredibly like lo-fi, but really what I would consider out there because some people find it hilarious. And right. some people can't stand it. Sure. And I had the same – the those both types of people exist in my family. Like me and my dad can watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 and just laugh hysterically. And my mom and you know some other family members have zero clue on my mom and Aunt Barb <laughs> have zero clue why it's funny. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I gotcha. But so that to me are some, and then you know others that almost made the list like Dogma. Right. I think is hilarious. Although that's not just a straight up comedy. The reason sure. Dogma is not on my list is because while it's a fantastic film, yep. I tried to pick ones that were closer to just straight out comedies. Sure. And uh, that one kind of, you know, blends the line. Another one that blends the line from the '90s that is very good is Mrs. Doubtfire. So it's very good. You know, if, I, if I'm going to cry in a comedy, it's, good. it's not going to be straight up comedy for me. And I think Mrs. Doubtfire is a fantastic film, but there are others that I laugh more at, which is what I narrowed it down to for me. All right. Fair so enough. what about what about you? What makes what makes what makes a comedy? Worthy to be on Q's best comedies of the '90s list. Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, it being funny is a pretty big deal. Also, I tend to gravitate towards movies that are listed in the genre category of comedy. Okay, so like when you're on Netflix, if you scroll down and it's not in comedy, right? If it it's says probably if it says horror, yeah, or like suspense, right? I'm probably not. It's not going to have a lot of laughs. I don't know if you know that. Or if anybody knows that, but just FYI for those, I there's been many a night where I go trolling through Netflix and I'm like, oh, I've, I'm in the mood to giggle. Oh, Jennifer's body. This will be hilarious. Well, that was hilarious, but for completely different <laughs> reasons. I was about to say, if it says starring Megan Fox, yeah. not going like to be a drink. I like, there's a drinking game I like to play, and that is uh, watch a Megan Fox movie and you take a shot every time you see her hammer thumbs. <laughs> 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 it's it's pretty awesome. So and you will get fucked up. Just is the just name of the game hands. called Thumbing It? <laughs> it is. How did you know? I've heard of that game. So you're welcome, audience. <laughs> Go home and get shit faced tonight on me on that one. But yeah, yeah, watch Transformers and play Thumbing It. Yeah, and just see if you can make it to the end of the movie. Yeah, you or can't. yeah. Also, just have like nine one one on speed dial because you're probably gonna have alcohol poisoning by the end of the night. <laughs> But, um, yeah, for me, comedy, 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 comedy. Well, comedy, <laughs> comedy, comedy. Um, it's very subjective for me. Um, there's a lot of stuff, and I think you're going to see by my list. My stuff that I find funny 
is stuff that I found funny universally when I was young. Okay. And I can still find universally funny now. So right. it's stuff that... Like Full House. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, those uncensored episodes, let me tell you. <laughs> Shit gets dark and weird. Rugrats in Paris? Rugrats yeah. in Paris? What did I say? Rugrats? <laughs> Rugrats? Hey! You know I like the Rugrats. Rugrats. Uh, hey, you, Paris, like, uh, you like any Rugrats? I you do, like any Rugrats. creepy man in a van. <laughs> Come on down. We can water the Rugrats on the Morocco. I got it in the car. Um, but yeah, so comedy for me, uh, much like you said, um, it's one of those, like, there's really well done movies. Clerks was also on my honorable mention, so I can reference that. Um, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, but for me, there's parts of Clerks 2 that, um, not Clerks 2, but Clerks <laughs> I was about to say, Clerks 2, well, like with the donkey show? Right, the movie, um, that are not funny to me. Like, it, I, it wasn't funny when I was younger. I didn't right. get it. Um, as I got older, I learned to appreciate it more, and I thought it was funnier. For me, it was more the reason I, I dug Kevin Smith um, was the older I got, the more that the lifestyle that was portrayed in that movie rang true Made to sense, me. Yeah. Right. And I was like, okay. And it wasn't even so much funny as it was like, this is kind of my life. And like, The line from that movie that still to this day makes me laugh. Like There are parts that are, that are um, you know, mellow, if you will, in that film. Right, but the yeah, line yeah. that – always gets me it got me when i first saw it and it still gets me today and makes me laugh every time is when he gives that big speech and just ends with i'm not even supposed to be here today because if you've ever had a job that you clock in on hours that happens you go in on a day you're not supposed to be there and everything goes to shit for me the line that i've repeated most and i still say to this day is this job would be so much better without customers yeah i say that all the time because that is my sentiment this job any job doesn't matter. McDonald's, uh, Dollar General, whatever. Also, just, give us money, those companies, because we just mentioned you on the podcast. You're and you're welcome. contractually obligated now. That's how to it give works. Us money. That's how. That's how. That's how it works. Right? That is how it works. Okay, totally. Rolex. We're gonna be rich. <laughs> Rolling in it. Mercedes Benz. What's another? Big, now we're in a rap. What's movie. another big company? Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right, that's along the lines. What, right, uh, Harris Teeter. Right, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Rain Robin. <laughs> Yum. Yum. Um, but yeah, so for me, that movie, uh, while ringing true in my life and and kind of poking fun at things that I find to be like the banalities of normal everyday goings on, wasn't like an all out balls to the wall comedy. It wasn't, me. and those were the ones that that made my list. My my movies like and I'm sure writer people are writers. <laughs> no no one who is a writer is listening to the show. <laughs> Not yet. I'm sure. Right. One day. Uh, let's name some writers. So we they should also have writers. The bass. <laughs> Dan Harmon. Mike Judge. Uh, other writers. Alan Moore. <laughs> you know that comedic writer. <laughs> yeah, he Alan loved, Moore. And I'm sure he loves listening. to The shit Brothers like Zucker. Yeah. But uh, people are going to look at my list, and they're probably going to be like, first off, what the fuck? <laughs> Second off, I'm pretty sure Q is still like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> so, Your list is just Billy Madison five times is, in a row? It is. So on that note, let's dive into our list. Let's sure. give the people who are not listening to our show exactly what, what they, they came don't want. to not hear. Sweet! Okay. So, starting with my number five. Yep. Um, we always start with me, but I think that's best because I'm you. best. Because right. um, <laughs> you're a bottom. <laughs> oh, and you flipped it on me. Because I'm yeah, because you're the bottom. No, no. Okay, so my number five 
uh, and I'll throw this in there because one of the things that qualifies pretty much every movie that made my list uh-huh. is a good comedy movie has to be quotable. Oh, totally. For, for me, I think that's a necessity. I can 100% because guarantee. Especially the 90s. Not guarantee. When you get to the, like the 80s comedy, I, I think, stabilized what good comedy films can really be. Yeah, I agree. 90s took it to a more absurd level and made it more quip-sized. So like you have the, the, the realm of Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey and... Um, <clears throat> You know the Fairley Brothers, like all of those realms. Can I can I start something to you? Yeah. Um, before we get started, um, speaking of subjective comedy, I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. Nowadays, most people aren't. Have well, you never I've, been? I've, I was never really a big Adam Sandler fan. Man, his first ones, I really like. Loved. I liked Billy Madison and I liked uh, Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. They were okay. Yeah, but they're not movies that I've like repeatedly went and viewed. I think it's not on my list, so I can talk about it. But I think in the two to three years, like when it came out and following, uh-huh. I probably watched Billy Madison five hundred times. Yeah, uh, like for I came out it, that came out right when I was at that perfect. So you're in the school age. of Sandler, though. So yes. you dug it. So, but I, I did. But one of the things it was very quippy, and then you get into the aughts, and especially nowadays, is you have those ridiculous comedies, but they either take it. So far out into left field, like Anchorman, Family Guy, or Family Guy, <laughs> or they're extremely, extremely subtle, like you th- things from Tim Heidecker. Oh yeah. So Tim and Eric, and they have right. like meta comedy. Now we get into the realm of meta comedy. Nineties really has that perfect realm of it took the things from the eighties that worked and made them more quippy and quotable and, and sure. expanded on them. Yeah. But they didn't take it so far as we are now. And I think we get more artistic comedies now, and I would say better. But the 90s... Better quality comedies. Right. The 90s kind of had that perfect segment of time that I wouldn't say encapsulates the decades. It's not like, oh, Snap Bands and Ninja Turtles. But they had their own realm of what a comedy could be. Right. Agreed. Um, so my number five falls definitely into that category for me, right. and it's Office Space nice. by Mike Judge. Nice. I mentioned five, Mike Judge earlier. Little. It is. And it's that was tough to put it there, but like I said, I had to cut out movies that I truly, truly love. I can't wait to rip apart the rest of your list <laughs> because do. of how low you put that movie. I know. I I am upset at myself. You should be because you're an idiot. <laughs> but it made the list. That's what's important. Is it though? Yes. That's like being like yes. you finished the race. That's what's important. That is what's important. No, it's not winning is important. <laughs> Second place. Is, is first comedy. Yeah, or first last. First last. <laughs> yeah. Second place is first last If place. we've learned anything from the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. I piss excellence. One, oh, wait. that you piss excellence. Two, uh-huh. that second place is first loser. And three is If you don't, don't chew big red, fuck you. What? What? Huh? Hmm? That wasn't funny. No? That was sad. <laughs> that was I sad. said don't ride with Paul. I know. you. Yeah. That's a death joke. So Office Space is yeah. hilarious. Office Space is a good movie, <laughs> but it's one of those that is instantly quotable. Yeah, you know, I th- you know Mike Judge had done a lot. I did love Beavis and Butthead totally. growing up, and I never truly got into King of the Hill. I'll be honest, but I appreciated everything that Mike Judge did. Right. And when Office Space came out, it was one of those that came out in a time when I hadn't worked in an office, but it still appealed to me 
on just a universal level. But I could watch it with my dad, who thought it was hysterical on a personal experiences level. Right. So that made it more enjoyable for me because I had people that I could enjoy it with. Right. And, you know, it kind of was a box office bomb, mm-hmm. but totally gained a cult following afterwards. Um you know, Swingline reintroduced the red stapler after that movie because they didn't have one. It's my stapler. When that, that came out. Did you know that? that red didn't. The red Swingline stapler had been discontinued in the 80s, and when that movie came out and gained such a following, they reintroduced it. Nice. And also, the uh, one of my favorite little bits of trivia from that movie is the trivia PC, bits. PC load letter, what the fuck does that mean line? Uh-huh. Completely improvised. That scene, he was supposed to have a whole line of dialogue, but then the printer prop messed up and gave that error, and he just cut off. And he said, PC Lovelace, what does that mean? Nice. And they just kept it in that's because it was so in character and so great. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a good movie. So that's it's number five for me, and like I said, I hate myself for it being so low, but there are other movies that I – laugh harder at and mean more to me personally that are higher up on the list all right fair enough so yeah cool i like it yeah solid choice ready for me to go on to number four i'm scared but i'm ready oh no you'll like this one uh we've talked about this one before actually okay so number four groundhog day i love that movie again very quotable yes there was a time in my life when i could almost quote that movie word for word as i was watching do it right now no i said time in my life No, no no not right now hey aren't you a comedian be funny. <laughs> right now. Right now. Quote, I, uh, quote, I think, do the whole movie right now. Buzz, buzz, is that buzz. The hey, this is Groundhog Day. It's cold out there. It's cold out there. Ned day. Ryerson. Uh, who, uh, uh, who thought I would run into you here? <laughs> to, to watch out for that puddle. Hey, I learned something. to carve ice. Oh, my God. It's still Groundhog Day. Hey. hey. <laughs> Although there is something that I quote from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best so line reading of that. If we had been at the table read, you're welcome, movie. audience. Yes, thank you. But there's the line where you know someone drops something in the back and like, hey, just put that anywhere, friend. Yes, I say that at restaurants when that happens, at 100 percent of the time. Right. If I'm in a restaurant and someone drops something in the back, I'm like, yeah, just put that anywhere. Last time I was here and I was changing clothes, <laughs> I took my pants off. You said, yeah, just put that anywhere, friend. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Gross, <laughs> man. You take it to some dark places. <laughs> Yeah, so do you. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, that's true. In the butt. <laughs> what? What? In, in the, the butt. butt. I said, I said what? What? In the butt. butt. I, I said, said what? What? In the butt. In my butt. In my butt. In, the, in my butt. Okay, whatever. Um. So yeah, Groundhog Day. We've talked about on this podcast before, and I. Everyone knows how much I love that movie. Yep. Uh, the background of it, I think, is fantastic. That it, you know, it led to the decade-long falling out between Ramis and Bill Murray, which is actually like one of the most depressing things ever. Because really both is. of those guys, for me, just in people that I look up to, those two hold such high esteem. Oh man! I mean, Harold Ramis is responsible for some of the best comedies ever. He really is. As a writer and as an actor, he was in. Almost indescribably good. Yeah, I, I agree. And so for me, just the fact that it's that's like that's like one day when they tell the story of when you and I decide to remake Groundhog's Day. Right. And we have a our decades really, long falling out. Right. People are going to say the same. There will be a podcast. Mm-hmm. High five. The uh, retrospective. Right. Uh, it'll be high five beyond. Like Be- Batman beyond. Behind the high right. five. The podcast where we're like old people and then like new people have come on to take over. Right. And they're going to be like. 
man, when Q and J had the return that of the dark high five podcast. Yeah, that's it. They're gonna be like that. Really made me sad because those two guys that I really looked up to them. Really? They were like geniuses were among indescribable among, right. among podcast named High Five the podcast. It's kind of like uh, when Wild Stallion <laughs> became like the world leaders. Yeah. At, at the end of Bill and Ted, right? That's like us. Yeah, like, we one we, day it will be a High Five Nation. We are the zenith of hosts when it comes to podcast named High Five the podcast. And we have one piece of advice, and that is everyone should. Be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Yeah, we didn't take that from anything. That's totally ours. That's ours. But um, but yeah, that. I mean, their falling out was one. It was hard to witness because I mean, it was like Pippin and it was like Pippin and Jordan when they had their falling out in the nineties. You know, no one likes to see them fall out. But the Murray and and Ramis falling out was tough. I actually read into it a little bit and found out that you know it's creative differences and the filming schedule. But also, apparently, Bill Murray was going through a divorce while filming. And that was like driving, driving him into a very antagonistic mad. place. He was yeah. mad. He was mad with power. But no, he was he was driving into a very antagonistic place, and that that ended up hurting a lot of what he was doing on set with Ramus. I got you. So, but again, hilarious movie. Bill Murray perfectly cast, even though Harold Ramis wanted Tom Hanks for it. Interesting. Yeah, kind of weird. But he passed on Tom Hanks because he didn't think he could play the mean. Well, I was about Phil. to say, like, Phil definitely had, like, a very, like, kind of sardonic negative exactly. presence later in the movie. And I can, I also cannot see well, Tom Hanks doing You live that. the same day for 34 years. You're going to be kind of yeah. negative at that point. Yeah. Like, 100%. people have gone and calculated how long it would take. And the most scholarly guess is about 34 years that he lived that day. That's a long that fucking is time a long, to do that. He didn't age at all, which is nice, though. You're sort of immortal. Right, which is sort of cool. Yeah, about that movie. Yeah, because then at one point in the movie, he like drives off a cliff, doesn't he? He kills himself like twenty times. Okay, yeah. in that movie, because he like jumps off a building. Up the next he day. drives off a cliff. He drops a toaster in a uh, in the bathtub. In, you know, suicide comedy fodder. Hilarious is what they call it. If you look un- in the dictionary or a thesaurus, either one really under suicide comedy fodder. It, is says, what it says classic comedy hilarity, and also another gift before I move on from Groundhog Day. Sure. Did you know it was Michael Shannon's movie debut? No. Just another gift that movie gave the Where world. Where is he in that movie? He is the husband mm-hmm. of the couple that Bill Murray saves. So remember oh, he goes okay. to that party and she's like, he saved our marriage. Yeah. That's Michael Shannon. Interesting. Go back and watch That's it. Everyone fantastic. who's listening to the podcast, go back and watch that movie and look for Michael Shannon. That's a gift to you from Uncle Jay. And that's a gift that the movie gave the world because he's yeah but let's be honest you can take credit for it okay i will i built michael shannon's career well done yeah good job you're welcome america (laughs) and and superman and Zack snyder and other movies he's been in pay us yeah speaking of michael shannon and comedy have you seen when he does the dramatic reading of the sorority letter that's one of my favorite things that the internet has ever done i'm pretty sure he says in that one of my favorite lines ever which is cunt punt yes Yes. And just hearing him dramatically read that while sipping whiskey <laughs> is fucking amazing. Just sitting in what I imagine is his house. Yeah, 100%. Everybody should go check out that. It's all it's all over YouTube. It's a viral video. Just, just you can Google Michael Shannon's sorority, sorority letter, letter dramatic read, and you'll find it. So it's great. It's fucking fantastic. So that's my number four. Great, fantastic like film. It. Great comedy. So far, yeah. you're doing pretty solid. And number three, Tommy Boy. By Peter Seagal. That's a good movie. Fat man and a little coat. <laughs> well, one, because Chris Farley and David Spade were 
in my opinion, one of the quintessential comedy duos of the 90s. Oh, for sure. So, I mean... They're you, like Abbott and Costello. Yes. You have Abbott and Costello in the early films. You have, you know, kind of Bill Murray and his troupe in the 80s. Right. But in the 90s, Chris Farley and David Spade sort of owned the world, in my yeah. opinion, again. Now, their, their follow-up movies like Black Sheep and some of the others, not as good as Tommy Boy. But Tommy Boy is a movie that I can watch and people get annoyed because I do sort of mouth the words along with the film. I think it's so funny. The, the scene where he does the reenactment with the car and he sets it on fire is when he's trying to sell brake pads yeah. to that guy. Here comes the meat wagon. And the rookie's in the car. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's so... I like that. I also like the when he gets hit in the face. And he's like, and he goes back into Richard, and he's like, he's like, it's not here or here, but like right here. And he's just got like the huge red welt like across his face. And I love the running gag of how the car just gets subtly destroyed throughout yeah. the movie. Oh, yeah. What did you do? When they're, when they're like singing the songs as they're going yeah. down the road. And, and the deer uh, wakes up. Also like the, I'm pretty sure there's a line in that where uh, Chris Farley asks David Spade, He's like, does this tie make me look fat? And he says, no, your face does. <laughs> That's one of my fucking favorite. But yeah, so this absolutely, I can agree, falls into your criteria of it's super quotable. Super quotable, and it makes me laugh almost every time. Uh, another thing I love about I'm it. I'm bummed I didn't put that on my list. You should have, and I'm now bummed. You gave me shit about Office Space being low. The fact that this isn't even on your list, I unacceptable. Think, but I still think Office Space should have been above this. I, I, I just This one makes me laugh more. Flat out. But uh, some little trivia for it because I like to do that. Um, Christian Slater and Matthew McConaughey were both supposed to play Richard. Like the the stepbrother. That would have completely changed the – It really would have. But you know Rob Lowe's completely uncredited in that movie. Oh, wait. Is he – I thought Richard was David Spade. It was. Anyway – Yes. He's supposed to play – okay, so – because that's what confused me. Because I'm like, Matthew was, McConaughey instead of David Spade? No, they were supposed to they were supposed to play Richard, but – Okay, the Rob Lowe part. But now Rob Lowe part, he was completely uncredited in that movie. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Go back and watch it. He's not in any of the credits. He's definitely not on any of the advertising. And the reason why is because he was currently doing the Stephen King um, oh, yeah, the adaptation, Sal- the, Salem's the Salem's Lot. Lot. And he was contractually not allowed to promote other films, but he was in that movie as like a personal favor to to Chris Farley because they were just That's buddies. That's crazy. Yeah, interesting. So he's completely uncredited, and it was almost like oh, big reveal because the bad guys are Rob Lowe. No, right. it had nothing to do with tricking the audience. It all had to do with contracts and liability. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, nice. I like that a lot. And this was like the second movie that Peter Segal had done. He had gone from Naked Gun thirty three and a third, which Naked Gun series. Yeah hilarious yeah totally um to this and nice. naked gun 33 and a third is what they're watching in the hotel room i didn't realize that either but yeah. that's amazing peter Segal snuck his own nice movie. his own movie that's yeah. meta it's a movie within a movie i think he kind of reached his peak too because after that he did like nutty professor 2 the clumps and 50 Hercules, <laughs> anger management yeah no thanks yeah he was like an adam sandler fan after that nope. but tommy boy i thought it was his his peak Fair enough. So those are my five, four, three. I like um, it. I'll read them back again in case sure. anybody's keeping, keeping tabs. Um, office space. Jay's wife. <laughs> I know you're keeping tabs. <laughs> you're the only listener we got. <laughs> uh, Groundhog Day, number four. Yep. Number three, Tommy Boy. I like it. Ten. <laughs> I, can, I can get behind it, man. Yeah. I think that's a pretty solid list. 
I think it's second only to my list. Oh, okay. Which well, is then I haven't heard your list, so I can't I can't judge you're you. You're about to hear it, so but I'm about sh- to judge. You shut your mouth. All right. Well, how about You're I shut my mouth, filthy, and you open yours. <laughs> I've heard that before. So here we go. Here we go. Bazinga. That's so, the 90s. <laughs> so here we go. My number five. You ready for this? Yeah. They call me Cuban Pete. I am I the king of the salsa the beat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We talked yeah. about Jim Carrey it's earlier. The Mask. That movie is really funny. Man. I'll tell you what, when I was a kid and this movie came out, I was obsessed with this movie. I watched it. Smoking! Oh, man. I loved it. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many times I walked around my house just saying that all the time. Smoking! Gave the world the beauty of Cameron Diaz. Absolutely. Isn't it her first? I think that was, uh, and if it's not her first, that was her first, first, like, kind of public. Starring role, yeah. Right, notice. But, um... I mean, everything, well before Gangs of New York. Oh, absolutely! Everything Which is hilarious about that movie. Um, I love, I love Jim Carrey. I thought the makeup was super well done. The mask looked awesome. It really did. Um, the special effects were great for the time. I mean, they had some computer animation stuff in there, which was still kind of like right. newish at the time that it came out. Well, and and it really fit Jim Carrey's style perfectly. So whether or not you know you thought Ace Ventura was hilarious, because Jim Carrey's very cartoony. Oh, you know he sure. made his he's a, the human yeah, cartoon. He made his living as with that with that moniker, and I thought that was really well. And you know we talked about on the Joker episode. I think you love the Batman six the sixties Batman series because it's a cartoon for adults. Oh, absolutely. And they made this movie. Like a live action cartoon, as opposed to like Roger Rabbit, you know, that mixed the two. But this was human people acting like cartoons with special effects that matched. So, some interesting factoids. This isn't my area, but I've got factoids this time around. I love factoids. So, we all know kind of how much um, Jim Carrey makes now, which is in the bajillion millions for his roles. Well, at the time... Especially number 13. This is kind of crazy, a really weird thing. So, Carey was only paid $450,000 for the mask. Beans. Which, in comparison, as the star of the film, is, like, not shit. So, for New Line Cinema, it was a huge, like, coup that they got Jim Carey to be in this movie. It wasn't... He wasn't as big of a name. Didn't Ace Ventura come out, like, the year before? Uh, This movie... Let's take a look. This movie was... 94. Okay. And then Ace uh, so Ventura was 93? I, uh, I want to say Ace Ventura came out after. 94. Uh, oh, wow. Same, so same year. year. So he, they were probably filming it at the same time, so he definitely wasn't a name then. Yep. Because he, well, he had wrote done Ace In Vin- Living Color. Yeah, but, I mean, come on, how many people watched In Living and Color? And he had done, well, he, I mean, look at his, he, he was in Once Bitten. <laughs> Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. So there was, while we laugh, those were, those made a, a pretty decent amount of money. They made the enough 80s. money to be movies. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, uh, but The Mask. So it was one of those things, and uh, I like this movie so much that as a kid, I loved it on its surface level. I thought it was slapsticky and cartoony and great. 
And then as I got older, I noticed all the insanely adult innuendo that was in it. Oh, man. Like at the part when he goes and uh, the mask destroys the car place that was uh, that was gouging him on his car radiator. And they shove the muffler up the guy's <laughs> ass. And you see it like come at, he comes out and he's bent over and he just has this tailpipe sticking out of his ass. Well, and that part of it, and I have to inter- interject here, not that I'm disagreeing with you, but that part was almost – the most fitting part to the comic series. Did you ever read the comic yeah, series? Yeah, yeah. The comics was insanely violent, which they truly, and I know this movie wasn't, but PG PGized that comic source material. Because in the comics, the mask and his character is a sociopath right. and a murderous sociopath. There have been, uh, there's a lot of actually great YouTube videos that go and kind of dissect the two. And as the, the movie was great for what it was, it, it is not a good adaptation of the source material, except for like that scene and maybe one or two others when they really let the mask go super violent. Right. But sorry, I'll let you get back to ta- tell me, telling us why it's your number five. Thank you, Conjay. I appreciate yeah. that. So uh, thanks for letting doing, me finish. I'm keep doing it. So, um, man, I don't even know what I was talking about. All right, so... The muffler <clears> in the guy's ass. Yeah, so the muffler in the guy's ass, that shit... Um, his fucking ogling Cameron Diaz in the club and his which, fucking eyes. Which was him all turning of us. into the wolf and his mouth like dropping open, his tongue rolling out. And that his was eyes, like, super loony Exploding tunes. out of his head. Yeah. But all of it, I mean, I really, really dug and I liked and I wanted to be the mask. But it made me laugh. And that, for me, it, it grew with me. It got yeah. better as I got older. That's one I still enjoy. So for me, that's why it earned its number five. I like that it's on your list. Honestly, I'm sort of sad that there aren't many Jim Carrey movies on my list because throughout the 90s I loved everything he did. That's like what I'm it saying. was just super quotable. Again, we talked about quotability, sure. um, longevity, and it does it sticks with you. That's yeah. a good number 5. Thank you, man. I'll forgive your mistake not having more Jim Carrey movies on there. Yeah. Uh, my number 4. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jim Carrey. Is it again? It's another Jim Carrey movie. Ace Ventura. When Nature Calls. The second? Oh, what, really? Much Come. better than the first one. No, it's not. It totally is. It Are you is kidding not. me? How is it not better? It's not as funny. It is way funnier. Bumblebee tuna? Your balls are showing? <laughs> are you kidding me? No, I'm not saying Sh- it's not Shikaka. funny. I'm not saying it's not funny, but it, it you can't list comparison to the no, first one. No, it does not. It has way more quotable lines than the first one. The worst one, or the first one had the whole fucking, Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> It had that, right? It had the, woo, do not go in there. And the <laughs> yeah. fucking, like, pocket. <laughs> yeah, what was more, though? But no, just the construction of it. As a nope. film, it was better. And the first one was basically written 100% by Jim Carrey. Do you know that they gave him the script and he hated it? You are not gonna. Said, you are not going to take over my number four pick to tell me why the first one should have been on my list. I'm, I, the second I one. Think this, I think it hilarious. deserves to be talked about. Yeah, it is better. Than, it is better than the first one. And I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna continue to list one. No, no, please. Right I, keep talking about so, it because I love these movies. It has an amazing but, but scene I have to where Jim Carrey was birthed out of a rhinoceros's <laughs> ass. It's amazing. Uh, which they've they've parodied in other movies. Oh, he's the Sasha and Baron Cohen of his day. Yep. They've so they did that. They had an amazing scene that I will always remember where he uh, knocks a guy unconscious who looks like the Monopoly man, <laughs> and proceeds to talk to him and is like, do not got pass go, do not collect $200. He shoves <laughs> asparagus in his teeth and some cherry tomatoes in his nose and shoots them out. He fucking has a scene where he's like, 
he's learning about the situation that's going on and he's putting <laughs> he's putting shadow figures over the guy who's talking and he like tweaks his nipples. The height of sophistication yeah. and, and comedy. And he puts a yeah. mask on him and he's like, hi Silver, away! <laughs> he has an amazing bit where he's driving a car and he's singing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang <laughs> as he lands and parks yeah. the car. He has a quotable line where he's like, like a glove. That's not the first one though. Okay, but the second one is much better. <laughs> You talk about quotable lines. That's that's a repeat it's, of the first one. But it's better in the second one. They repeat so many funny lines from the first one to the second one, and I think the second one gains momentum it, because of how good the first one am, is. It has an amazing scene, a cliffhanger, um, kind of like a parody at the beginning, where he's he's climbing a mountain and he <laughs> he loses his monkey, right. and that's why he decides to go to the monastery and become a monk. It's a straight up yeah cliffhanger but they parody. Have, still to this day. I still quote the when he comes by and he's like, "You have to get off the mountain." And he's like, "No, you can't tell me what to do." And he's like, "If I were you, I wouldn't be climbing." And he's like, "If you were me and I were you, then I'd use your body to get to the top." I can't tell you how many times, anytime somebody says, "You can't do that," look, if you were me or if I were you, then I completely go off and then, then I use your body to get to the top. No, I think it's great. I love that it's on your list. But I he's just... shooting spitballs at the guy standing on top, on top of the fucking totem pole trying to knock him off. Yes. That's amazing. I mean, uh, fucking the Hawkaloogie scene yeah. where he's in there with the chief and they're doing the Chicago thing. And he's like, Chicago, you're out. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not hilarious. Wait, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going <laughs> to do the whole movie. The, the scene when he's fighting. When he's fighting the tribal guy, and he's like, they call you Equinci Ocha. And he's like, what does that mean? He's like, that mean white devil. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows him, and he's all fucking, he's got like the powder on his face, and he's got like the fucking crazy devil horn hair. I think it's hilarious. Now, you asked me about quotable lines from the first one, and I can tell you one from the first one that I still use to this day okay. regularly. If I'm not back in 15 minutes, just wait longer. <laughs> Which I think That's is so genius. It's not as funny as any of the plethora of 30-plus lines that I just laid out for you. I think the, the second, second one is, one is sillier. I think the first one is better. Okay. But I'm not going to disagree that I think Ace Ventura as a whole is a character that des- deserves to be in this list and talked about. Thank you. So, Have you noticed something uh, like in the last episode too? So you seem vehemently against allowing me to have things on my list that I want to be on my list. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say it should. No, be on your no, no, list. no. It's okay. You're an asshole. So just listen back through the episodes, and you can hear when I, as you're doing your list, I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. It wasn't on my list, but you know what? That was a really good choice. And then you, every time you're like, well, fucking Planet of the Apes shouldn't be on your list at I all. I still think it shouldn't have been on your list. I don't think Ace Ventura Two is as funny as the first one, so this doesn't make any fucking sense. I didn't say that. Also, Q, you're not my best friend anymore, and I hate your face. I did say that. I know. That's what I'm saying. I posted that on Facebook. (laughs) I know. Under our High Five account. It's it's ridiculous. No. Okay, I want to take a poll, and this is is totally out to everyone of our listeners. We took the arguing about episodes Mm. or or movie choices off of the, the main rundown of our show. But you just. But I'm still gonna. Just can't let it go. Because we're having a friendly conversation Are where we? I'm always right. Are we? <laughs> but okay, I want to take a poll online. So everyone who's listening, the listener. Yeah, Jay's wife. Go on <laughs> to our Facebook page, mm-hmm. facebook.com slash high five the podcast. Go yep. to our Twitter, which is high the number five the podcast. 
or just email us at my five at high five the podcast and I want to know which is funnier. Ace Ventura 1 or Ace Ventura 2? Uh, that's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought it would be if you should stop arguing with No, no, no. Not. I'm never going to stop that. So I just want to know what the listeners think. I want to take a poll, and I'll actually put this on our Facebook once this episode goes live. I'm going to poll the audience. Which is funnier, Ace Ventura 1 or Ace Ventura 2? I think Ace Ventura is a character that deserves to be on this list. And it is. And it's not on my list. Right. So, so, you so have, I'm right You there. have upended me okay, on that. Perfect. You have one-upped me well, on the I'm fact that you I'm always up listed. above you because you're the bottom yeah we, we, are, we, <laughs> we have established, established that. that we've established that right so i'm saying ace ventura deserves to be on your list Fair and enough. i love it okay thank number you number four so my choice fantastic is great what you're saying thank you should be the first one all right so my number three is there's something about mary that's a good one Fairly Brothers. I love me some Fairly Brothers. Who the '90s was their domain. Totally, and they tried to do it later with Mm -hmm. uh, they had the Stooges reboot movie that they did. Not not great. They had that Greg Kinnear Matt Damon movie, which is way funnier than people give it credit. I don't remember it being the main. The main thing that I thought was great about it was just that it was. Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear, Matt Damon. two not actors not known for being hilarious, yeah, being in extremely ridiculous, funny situations. That's fair enough. So if you watch it as almost a meta commentary, not like you need right. to take notes or anything, but if you watch it as like, oh my god, these two people shouldn't be this funny, right, and shouldn't be in a Fairly Brothers movie, like. Is sperm going to get in someone's hair in this right. movie? This is a Matt Damon movie. He won an Oscar. Right. <laughs> and now he's, now he's, he's Goodwill Hunting. Yes, now he's stuck to Greg Kinnear. That's what I thought was funny about that movie. That's fair. So, so just the, the whole movie, I was just laughing because it was Matt Damon on screen in a Fairly Brothers movie. That's fair. Not because the movie itself was well written or funny, because sadly it wasn't. No. I wish it had been funnier. But the concept and the conceit of those two actors being in that position, it was like a. a it was like a great SNL sketch right. that just lasted an hour and 27 minutes when it probably shouldn't have. I wish it were There's Something About Mary. Oh, yeah. Which, that movie, talk about quotability. Oh, shit. Talk about memorability. Even like even the areas that aren't quotable. You When he gets his zipper stuck up in oh, the man. first scene, there's a oh, lot of great balls. physical gags in that. I even, and when Matt Dillon has the teeth yep, and I the still dog, walk around and do the... Frank Zen Beans, Frank Zen Beans, <laughs> have you seen my baseball? <laughs> yes. And then I love the whole scene in that movie when Matt Dillon's reviving the dog. Oh, I thought man. that was one of the funniest things. Magda, that... the old lady who's like insanely overly tanned, and that nude scene where it like just shows just this desiccated mummy of a body. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love the Fairley Brothers, and so tell us the fucking, why the come in the hair. Oh, is great. It's, I mean, is one of the best sight gags from the nineties. Okay, can I can I admit something from because I saw this when I was younger, right? I get it. I took Chris Elliott's advice. I thought he was legit that you should masturbate before you went on a date. Chris, okay, if you've watched something about Mary, you should never take Chris yeah. Elliott's advice. Yeah. He's trying to steer you wrong. Yeah. Through the whole film, he's like the villain. But to be fair, I only watched it halfway through when I thought that that was the case. So, <laughs> You're like, I guess he wins. Yeah. yeah. I, for the longest Chris time. Chris Elliott is the wise old sage I'm of legit, the Fairly Brothers. I'm legit admitting this online for no one but your wife to hear. But <laughs> I legit thought I was like, his logic made sense when he was like. <laughs> no, like. It he even up. said. A plus B equals C. Yeah. He was like, he was like, you know, when you're on a date, 
He's like, oh, you thinking about us having sex? He's like, you got bat- baby batter on the brain. I remember him saying that. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense, man. Because when I'm on a date with a with a pretty lady, I'm just like, boobies or hot or I want to see inside your pants. This is the whole thing of, oh, is that hair gel? One of the best line deliveries that I think Cameron Diaz has ever done. Yes. And then again, that sight gag. That movie was full of sight gags. Where uh, some other Fairly Brothers movies were very dialogue you just, heavy. You just steered me off of my story. Oh no! You want to talk about <laughs> boobies and dates some more? Okay, go. Feel free. I, I shall sit back and listen. I wasn't done. Okay. No, Continue I'm, no, on I'm boobies done. And dates. No, I'm done now. Okay, that's over. But yeah, movie. so fucking. There's something about Mary. There's also something about Q's dating life. So, uh, but yeah, no, no, no. The whole movie as a whole was something super fucking hilarious to me. It also felt, because I saw it at a bit of a younger age, uh, it it felt like super dirty that I was watching. Oh, it was. It, it, it was, was super dirty. I know, but for me personally, oh, okay. like in my experience, I was I always felt like I was getting away with something. It's like, like when you snuck into movie. a Tarantino movie totally. when you shouldn't have. Right, and they were talking about stuff, and um, it was just, for me, it was just fucking hilarious. And I still think, to this day, there's two movies that hold top spots as, as far as the uh, Farrelly brothers go. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of them, for okay. sure. I think so, I know the other one, but I want to hold uh, – I think we'll talk about yeah. it at so, some point. Uh, the Mask, number five. Uh, Ace Ventura, number four. Number three, uh, there's something about Mary. There is. Oh, but, but to clarify, number four, Ace Ventura, colon, when nature calls. Colon, the podcast. Yes. Uh, I, I think that's a good start. I like that we haven't shared any because you're letting me reminisce about movies that didn't quite make my list. And but are I was, still fucking funny. Are, that are hilarious. Totally. That's, that was why this list has been so hard because I, you know, my sort of premonition years of when I was really focused on comedy and sort of hitting those prepubescent years. Right. That was when the 90s was happening. So these movies have solidified themselves as my brain of some of the funniest that I have witnessed in my lifetime. So it was really hard to narrow down to five. Well, like I said, I mean, comedy is subjective. And so it's funny that we tend to share so much, but it also it doesn't uh, it doesn't surprise me. We have similar senses of humor, but I think our lists are pretty much made up of movies that meant something to us. Oh, for sure. And these top two for me, when we'll come back to after the commercial break. Uh, for sure meant something to me. Nice. So speaking of commercial break, speaking of sponsors, let's give a quick shout out to BeardMoney.com, who uh, so graciously has sponsored us over these last plethora of episodes. Uh, this dude is amazing. This company is great. They have amazing shirts, one of which you are wearing right now. I always wear. As we've talked about right. in other episodes, I constantly am wearing. Well, because also we talked about it's self-cleaning. Self-cleaning makes you lose weight, gives, gives you superpowers. superpowers. Yeah. yeah. All um, of that's true. He has uh, some great beard oils on there. Yeah, they've actually Hats. coming out with a new one. And, I know. I heard about I'm this. I'm excited about this. And we're going to try it out, and we we'll are. tell you how it is. So, And they can actually get some money back when they shop there from listening to us? Shoot, yeah, you can. Boo, yeah! Woo-hee! That's smoking. That is a smoking deal. Uh, 20% off with promo code high 5 H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E. That's easy to remember if you listen to this show. Yep. Don't enter the number five. No. Because that's not going to get you shit. It's not going to get you I mean, anything. it'll get you great merchandise. Yeah. But it's, it's going to get you no discount. It's not going to get you any discount. No discount. So beardmoney.com, buy a whole bunch of stuff. And the more you spend, the more that 20% actually takes off. And the more superpowers you get. Yes, that's true. Yep. So beardmoney.com. Do it. Put in 
uh, promo code high five, yep. all words, all words, no and numbers. Uh, no like foreign symbols, no alien languages, none of that. No don't, ampersands. Don't speak it with your butt. Don't. And I mean, you do it. I mean, Actually, <laughs> do that. Record it. Send it to us. But it's not going to get shit. Yeah. No. And then uh, let us know what you think because we love it and we hope you love it too. So having, you will. Having said that, um, let's hear for some yeah. second sponsors. Second Have favorite. These messages. We'll be right back. <laughs> Comedy. Welcome to the most wondrous auditorium of Edgar Bibbles. Edgar Bibbles, you may have heard from his wondrous reputation as a world traveler and United States father. Very few times have people been allowed inside his wonderful fartatorium to enjoy the wondrous sounds of the... And also the... But don't forget about the... But also occasionally... A... But sometimes a... Oh, who did that? Who did that indeed? Perhaps you have shat yourself... Edgar Bibbers did that, good sir. These farts taste like shit. Mr. Bibbles. Excuse me, Mr. Bibbles indeed is a wondrous name that I am trying to uphold with a wondrous fartatorium. Come visit the wondrous fartatorium in the strip mall off I-95. You can only find tickets inside of bagged air. Repaired? How about some signs? Come on down to Ted Swine's Nipple Repair and Signs. You know, you're standing too close to the, sometime, the, the stove sometimes, and your nipples go, woo! Have you ever had a nipple ring and that thing just gets yanked on out of there? Well, Tad Swine's Nipple Repair and Signs is the place for you. I'm Tad Swine's, and I give my guarantee that your nipple will be as good as new or I give you my double nipple guarantee. And I'm not Tad Swine, but I'll tell you what, I'll make a side showing you the way to Tad Swine's. You need signs for your nipples? What about nipples for your signs? How about signs on your nipples? How about swines on your nipples? How about, yeah. <laughs> Come on down to Tad Swine's. That's me, nipple repair and signs. Tad Swine's, also still not me. said his name i know so yeah that's awesome. <laughs> that worked even better and pork chop sound <laughs> brackets pork chop noise i loved that show by the way we're back amazing <laughs> yeah hooray we're back for the top two 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 pork chop <laughs> <laughs> so okay good uh i've had fun so far i'm, I'm excited to get to too. these two 
I think it's been a hilarious episode. Hilarity ensues. And that is not subjective at all. <laughs> no. That's just all around that's funny just all to anyone around. who has humor. That's just funny. <laughs> I don't care who like, you are. That's like that's, that's like Larry the Cable Guy, universally funny. Not funny, yeah. <laughs> right. Hilarious. The best comedian of our age. No one can see that you're using air quotes when you say that, but you no. totally were. I'm also doing it with my feet just to double up on it. <laughs> <laughs> to add as many air quotes right. as possible. Comedian. Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Quote, unquote, funny. Right. Yeah. Funny person. Oh, man. I can't tell you how many people quoted that dumbass so, comedian to me. So you're telling me that uh, he, uh, health inspector isn't on your... No. List anywhere? Well, and that's because it's, that's in the 2000s. Oh, so when we get around <laughs> yeah, to doing the 2000s sure. list, it'll be we'll talk there. about that for one, sure. Yeah. Or for the Jingle sure. All the Way sequel. Yes, yeah. Starring Larry the Cable so Guy. Starring Larry the Cable Guy. Gross. No, we won't be talking about either of <laughs> I those. I just threw films. it in my mouth a little bit. No, yeah. No, if people want to hear about those movies, they can go listen to other people's podcasts. Isn't he Jeff Foxworthy's son? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> He just for sure Ill- is. Illegitimate bastard He for son. sure is. He's a bastard for sure. For sure. Like <laughs> Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> He's about as sadistic as Ramsey Bolton, and I laugh at them about as much. Hey, hey! When, I, when people are watching Larry the Cable Guy, I'm usually screaming at the TV zigzag. Golder! Just like I am with Ramsey Bolton. Country statements! If uh, Jon Snow had beaten the shit out of Ramsey Bolton and done the same thing to Larry the Cable Guy and then had dogs eat him, I would have been just as happy. I would like to see somebody animate uh, his head, uh, and that being Larry the Cable Guy, on the Rams. Like, I want to see his, uh, like a cartoon like version a face of his head over that scene you from Game of Thrones. You want to see a sequel of Face Off. Where it's Ramsey Bolton and Larry the Cable Guy, and yes. then the whole thing is just them beating up Larry the Cable Guy. Papa's got a brand new bag. That's all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, so somebody make that happen. We know we got animation friends that listen. Yeah, there, so, so make that happen, and we'll we'll be happy. Please, happy we'll campus. post it on our website, and we'll give you many many shout outs. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking get dope. her done. That's all I have to say. Hilarious. Oh my god. Let's get back to things that are actually funny, shall we? Fair enough. Okay, so now we're to the top of the list. Two and one. Yep. Um, so these two, like I said before the break, uh, were these are ones that hold special places in my heart. Because one, one of them, my number one, is my favorite comedy right. to this day, I think. And the second one is, I think, the best comedy. One of the best comedies that's ever been made. And number two, drum roll, nobody. It, I said nobody. I don't care. I do my own thing. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> drum roll as I speak. That's not how drum rolls work. And it is now. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> you messed up a drum roll. <laughs> Badoom thunk. <laughs> that, was a sl- that was a slide whistle. Impression. Was it? Yep. No one can see because we're doing a yeah, podcast. You did the slide whistle motion and just did a <laughs> shitty whistle. And he was like. <laughs> the motion made the whole thing and no one can even see it. But it works because you just spelled it out. So. Right. So good. So yeah, Big Lebowski. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. That's cool, um, man. I need a new rug. I, yes. The rug brings the whole room together. Yeah, man. Which is said like, I think, 40-something times in that movie. One of my favorite running jokes. I think this movie is brilliantly written. Um, everyone knows my love of the Coen brothers, so any chance I get to mention one of their films, I think I've mentioned them in almost every episode that we have. I love the Coen brothers. This, to me, outs- Raising Arizona was in the 80s, but this, to me, is, I think, the funniest one they've made, mainly because of Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. 
They give some of their best performances in this movie, in my opinion. Um, John Goodman has actually said this is the favorite movie of his personally that he's ever done, which I I take as a vi- very big grace note right. uh, towards me liking it. His character in this movie is one of my it's favorites. Just so ever. good. This is not name. So this is bowling. <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> and how mean they are to Donnie, which I think is so great. Uh, one of the things that I love about the little background information is one of the reasons their characters are so mean to Steve Buscemi as Donnie is because Steve Buscemi's character in Fargo is so talkative and chattery and annoying that they just treated him like he was going to be that way. And so every time he started to speak, they got mad and they interrupted him. I fucking love it. And they just kept it going. It's brilliant. And the whole, I mean, the whole aesthetic of the film is great. Uh, you know, Jeff Bridges wore his own clothes. Yep. Which is a great factoid that I don't think people understand how great that is. Usually there's costume designers out the wazoo, and Jeff Bridges just wore his own clothes to make it look as rumpled and natural as possible, which I think is great. Um, and uh, actually, Jeff Bridges loved the movie so much. You know, he tours. He's a musician in real life. Right. And his backup band is called The Abiders. Nice. Yeah. I fucking like that yeah. very much. Completely after this, there is a literal religion that has come out of the movie called Church of the Latter-day Dude. Nice. And it's a, it's a real religion that people subscribe to and worship. Uh, because of this film, I've wanted to go to Lebowski Fest. Oh I know man, they have that big. It would be like, so good. And speaking of how much it's living on, you know, John Turturro's doing a spinoff movie right now of his Jesus character without the Coen brothers. Yeah, but he's doing a spinoff movie of just his Jesus character. It doesn't apply, which I think is fucking to fantastic the, to the big Lebowski universe. Yeah, uh, it's just his bowling character. He's gonna wear fucking saran wrap on his feet yeah. and everything. I loved uh, Flea. In there as as one of the like little villain stalkers. Yeah, I think that was great. And this movie has maybe my favorite visual gag of any film. Okay. And what it is, it's the scene that the Coen brothers spend two minutes watching Jeff Bridges' character nail in the support beams into his floor to block the door. Only to realize that the door opens out the other way. Yeah, <laughs> that and they spend so long watching him build it, and the payoff of the door opening the other way is so good. It's just laugh out loud funny to me. And again, as you mentioned, and we've talked about it, it's so quotable. The lines like the rug tied the whole room together. I'm just trying to get my rug right. back, man. What's a pederast? <laughs> Fuck the eagles. <laughs> You can call me El Dude or the Dude El Duderino. <laughs> I fucking love all that shit. It's just oh, it's great. Um, you know, and actually, uh, one of the things that I thought was really funny reading into this a little bit was that Metallica was so honored that they were mentioned in one scene with Jeff Bridges' character calling them assholes that they for years tried to find a way to work that scene into their live shows, but they just couldn't find a way to naturally do it. But they were super honored that they called them assholes in the film and they wanted to be part of it. That is fucking hilarious. So to me, the Coen brothers are amazing writers. They are amazing filmmakers. And just structurally, this movie is great. The dream sequences... The naturalistic way John Goodman's character when he pulls out the Uzi oh, and the gun and in the car is just so good. It's just everything about that movie is just on point, which, which is why I think there are other movies that make me laugh more, but I think this is the best, like cinematically, the best comedy 
that I think has been made in the 90s, which is why it's number two. Number one holds <laughs> say. no. Number one holds a dear place in my heart. So for me, it's my favorite. Okay. But this is, I think, and I'll go out on a limb and say it for everyone to agree with, Big Lebowski is the best cinematic comedy of the 90s. I, I can get behind that. So that's my number two. Solid, man. I like Booyah. it very much. So the so, Coen brothers, yeah. uh, a duo that made number two. Yeah. Uh, a duo actually has made Number one. Oh as shit, well. son. So my number one, and I really hope we get to do a number ones episode about this one. We still got to do our Batman episode. I know we're going to, um, but I hope we get to do one about this too because I have a feeling we're leaning in that direction. Right, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna guess. Don't bury list. the lead, man. <laughs> Dumb or and Dumber. Oh shit. Dumb and Dumber is, is a good my favorite comedy Solid. of all time. All right, fair enough. I I can quote most of it, especially when I'm watching it. Sure. I think everything about it is hilarious. I love the improvised lines. The the line when Jim Carrey is like, "We did it. We made it to the moon." Completely improvised on set and they just kind of filmed it when he did it. Brilliant. Um and you know they didn't want Jeff Daniels to play the the part. No. Studio was adamantly against it. Because they wanted a comedic actor, and they're like Jeff Daniels is not very funny. Uh, he is he was a serious actor, right. that, but oh, still yeah, a serious yeah, actor, yeah, absolutely. And they did not want him to do it, so he took a gigantic pay cut, like less more than fifty percent of what he would wow, normally get paid shit. for a movie. He got cut to play mainly because Jim Carrey insisted that it be Jeff Daniels. Because Jim Carrey said that I need a serious, and he used the phrase professional actor to ground my performance. So Jim Carrey pushed super hard for Jeff Daniels to be in the film that the studio relented, but they're like, but we're not paying him his normal asking fee because he's a big name. And Jeff Daniels is like, I want to do it. I'll, I'll take whatever you're going to pay me. That's fucking brilliant. I love yeah. it so much. Jeff Daniels loved it so much that he, he still refers to this day as the toilet scene as his Oscar reel. That's amazing. He, he, he says that's his Oscar reel. That's amazing. And also, you mentioned Jim Carrey earlier. Yeah. Mentioned him twice, actually. Totally. Uh, and actually, and another reason that I wanted to mention, that, that you've mentioned him twice, and both of those movies came out in 94. Yeah. That we talked about. This also came out in 94. Crazy. That's three movies from Jim Carrey that, that ranked number one in the same year in the same category. Bananas. Like, unheard of. Super good. So Fuck Ace, Adam Sandler. <laughs> right. Like Ace Ventura, the first one, and then The Mask, and then Dumb and Dumber. Right. All quotable, all hilarious. Jim Carrey was in his comedic heyday in sure. the 90s, and this sort of encapsulized it to me. I love that he took the cap out of his teeth. Oh, yeah, for his real chip tooth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he had actually done that, and he took it out because he thought it would make him look more deranged. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Um, and then there, you know, as I always like to throw out other casting choices. Originally, Steve Martin and Martin Short were both offered the part of Lloyd and turned it down. What? Yeah. I would not want to see that movie. That would. I mean, I love those actors. I do too. I think they're hilarious. Not right for this. Nope. You actually want to know the original script? They had wrote. They wrote it for two original actors. Okay, yeah. To please, play the the, the duo. You you would never in a million years guess it. They the script was written for Nicolas Cage and Gary Oldman as <laughs> Harry and Lloyd. <laughs> What? Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. Gary Oldman, who's one of my favorite actors ever, yeah. and Nicolas Cage, who was on a roll in the 90s, right. especially after Raising Arizona, They won. that's who they wrote it for. 
Wow. Yeah. Can you think about that movie? Now go back and try and imagine that movie <laughs> with those characters and with those actors. I bet Gary Oldman could have made me laugh, but it would have no way been oh, man. as big of a film or as good of a comedy. No. And all the script changes. Again, I think Jim Carrey, when he was in his heyday in the 90s, when he would demand rewrites, mm-hmm. he was at the top of his game. Like He wrote Ace Ventura... But he rewrote the entire thing after they gave him the script because he didn't like it. Right. So the first one is completely him. In Dumb and Dumber, not only did he ad-lib a whole lot, but he also demanded that the ending be changed. There are two different endings. Okay. Actually, three different endings. One ending is they get on the bus with the cheerleaders. Okay. And Jim Carrey refused to film that scene because he said Lloyd would not be smart enough to get on that bus. They, we, we have can, to we I have to say that. no because the whole movie is making them dumb. We can't reward them for what they're doing. Sure. So he refused to film that. And then the other ending is that they get a lot of hype from it, and they get offered a job when they're in Aspen, and the job is babysitting the blind kid that they killed the bird <laughs> at the end. That's so amazing. they would have gone back to the East Coast um, and ended up having to child care the blind kid whose bird they killed. That's amazing as well. <laughs> yeah. I kind of would have liked that. Yeah, that I would have liked that too. That's pretty fantastic. But the every again, we, it meets all the qualifications for me. It makes me laugh all the way through. I think the Fairley brothers were at the top of their game, as I've said that phrase a lot for in sure. regarding to this. But the whole scene of like trying to remember their last name, and he even says her last name in that scene. Right. Have you watched oh, it? Oh yeah, he's like, yeah. Swanson, Swinson, Swanson, Samsonite, Samsonite. <laughs> Mary Samsonite, Mary Samsonite. I just, oh man. That movie, to me, just is my favorite comedy of all time. I, I still don't think anything to this day has made me laugh harder. Maybe outside of Anchorman, the first time I saw it in theaters. Sure, maybe. Yeah. But Dumb and Dumber is one that I, I can watch over and over again. I would never think it's not funny. And as silly as it is, I think it hits kind of the perfect level of it appeals to almost everyone. Sure. The jokes are a little adult, so it can grow with you. Absolutely. But the silliness is cartoonish, so it fits. And everything that was improv, the most annoying sound in the world, oh, yeah. completely, yeah. Im- completely improv. So Love when Jeff shit. Daniels and the other actor react to it, they really have no idea what Adam Sand- I mean, Jim Carrey is about to do. Nice. Um, and then I, I say this. We talked about quotability. There's another line I use from movies. Don't you go dying on me. <laughs> that was one of the best lines in the whole film. Absolutely. You know, people say all oh, people aren't good for anything. <laughs> but that's not true. Don't you go dying on me. <laughs> so that's it. Those are my five. Dumb, Dumb and Dumber is the, the zenith for me. Nice. Um, so I'll go through all my five. But Thank it's you. number five, Office Space. Number four, Groundhog Day. Number three, Tommy Boy. Number two, The Big Lebowski. And number one, Dumb and Dumber. Solid, man. So like I said, I know that Office Space garnered some antagonistic feelings from you, that it wasn't higher on my list. Fact. But the four above it, in my opinion, make me laugh harder. That's fair enough, man. I dig it. Once again, comedy is subjective, bro. Yeah, but these are the right ones. So let me give you the correct top two. Okay. I want to hear yours. All right. So my number two is Office Space. I righted you wrong. Hey, You're welcome. That. So, 
I took him in. That's why we're good partners. Absolutely. When I, when I, uh, when you fuck up, when I put I'm one down low, on the, see if we take the average of ours, it's like three, three and a half, and that's probably right. That is probably about <laughs> that's right. probably accurate. But for me, Mike Judge is one of those guys um, that I think is a very underrated writer. I would agree. I think uh, Beavis and Butthead hilarious. I know you said you didn't get into King of the Hill. Really, King of the Hill for me. Also equally hilarious. I think it's very way. smart. I just it was never for me. Um, and then this idiocracy. Idiocracy. I was going to mention if you didn't is, is one so of smart my favorites and so prophetic, especially oh, nowadays. Oh man, looking back at that, if you haven't watched, everybody out there, if you haven't oh, watched Idiocracy, go, please watch, go watch it watch right idiocracy. now. You can watch it on I stream it all, or you can President Macho Camacho. <laughs> yes, or Trump. So. It will. It fits so well in electrolytes, man. It's what plants crave. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So he's so smart, and his obviously his show now Silicon Valley is one of my favorites. Oh, shit, on television man. is again the level of complexity and um, intelligence that goes into his dumb humor. He, and he, he does that better than anybody. I agree. He, An intelligent level of dumb humor. He takes. Um, he takes very normal, average situations and manages to heighten the the insanity in their banality and yes. how ridiculous things that we do on a daily basis really are right. like it's that kind of like he he draws a caricature of it, it's a mirrored caricature of people's lives right. as they are like it king of the hill is a caricature of the south you right. know what i mean of this like your stereotypical southern kind of family. And I always sort of judged people who didn't, and I, I don't want to say didn't get, quote-unquote, Beavis and Butthead, but who didn't appreciate Beavis and oh, Butthead. Man. Because they were just like, oh, it's just two stoner kids who get heard and watch music no. videos. It's like, exactly. It's, it is heightening the banality of really what teenagers yeah. were viewed Look as at, in the 90s. Exactly. And that's what was so funny is like, um, it, it, it became... What's, what's even crazier, and I think it definitely speaks to the idiocracy thing, is I feel like sometimes um, his his mirrored example, his caricature of current state of events is, is so prophetic in the way that things trend to that. Yes. So at the time when you're watching it, Beavis and Butthead um, – People are just like, this is crazy. Like, nobody would ever be like this. And then Four you, years later, right, everybody Right, is. and then you go back now, like currently in the aughts or in the thousands, we go back and we look at that time period and we're like, holy fuck, that is exactly <laughs> like everyone was in that fucking time period. And it's a weird – It's like Mike, people don't want to yeah. see themselves as that. Mike Judge had a weird talent too because it wasn't so much art imitating life or life imitating art. It was just so turning a mirror on what actually existed, but then finding those elements to heighten just a smidge. Just enough. To make it hilarious and watchable and not uncomfortable. Exactly. Even though some of it was, like, especially with Office Space, some of it is uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah. And, you know, we're talking about Office Space. I can only, I can, I always remember the scene where the two consultants are in the room. With a like, So what do you do here? Right. And the guy is trying to explain what he does. He's like, I make sure that the people get connected to the right people. And he's like, so, so 
if you weren't here, like, what would happen? He's like, ah, I'm important. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's so real. And it's actually a sad situation of what really happened with For downsizing. Sure. For and sure. Especially when people are dealing with the Y2K problem. Because that came out in 99. I, so people were all up in that Y2K problem. I worked for one of these companies. I, I worked. I worked for a company that uh, has hired many of the Bobs and has gone through a uh, procedure of, of streamlining and I'm doing toe and finger air quotes again, streamlining their business operations. Um, but in a, such a ridiculous way, I've worked for the boss who was like, yeah, yeah so, so yeah. I'm going to need you to go ahead and come in on Saturday. And I That'd know, be great. I know he was an established actor, but for me, that movie solidified who Gary Cole was. Oh, man, for sure. I mean, and, and he's gone on to be in a, a lot of other great comedies, even non-comedies. But yeah, for me, I cannot help but seeing. So I'll a little little anecdote about my life. So Ooh, please, story time with Q. Um, I worked for a guy. We'll call him Gawain Shumley. <laughs> right? That's not a real yeah. name at all. No, but may sound very close. So I worked for a guy who embodied that character that he played to the point where. I almost could imagine that that somehow Mike Judge had found him and then wrote this character from his experience with him. Milton was written that way. The way he says things and his kind of like, yeah. His tenor. Just this very like kind voice. of drawn out, like, I'm not really listening to you, but I'm kind of trying to sound like I'm I listening to you. I have taken a course you. on management, and I have read a few books by Sal and I know what I'm supposed to say to you, right. but I don't really care about Not you. Not at all. So if you could just do what I'm asking you to do, that would be great. And it sort of established Ron Livingston as that type of comedic actor. Sure. Um, and again, you mentioned it. You know, I said a second ago, Milton is written specifically about someone that Mike Judge worked with. And that fucking character as a whole, um, and I can't ever remember that. The, that the actor that plays him is a fucking chameleon. Like, he's one oh, of the man. best character actors. He's in Dodgeball, and he's great. He's one of those guys that it's always like, oh, it's it's that guy. Yeah. It's that fucking guy. He is a character actor. But, a comedic character. He's like the he's like the uh, Gary Oldman of comedies oh, in the for 90s sure, and early for arts. Sure. But that whole scene, and when he when they're when they're explaining to Milton, and they're like, "We're gonna need you to um, go ahead and move your desk down to the basement." Right. And then when they're t- discussing their paychecks, and they're like, <laughs> "We yeah. fixed the fuck." Right. We fixed the glitch. Did you Did you let him know? No, no. We we, just, we fixed the glitch. But we we but don't wait. Shouldn't you tell so, him? No, we we fixed the glitch, and we it's just gonna work itself right, out. Right, 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 right. We um we've stopped paying him. Yeah. So yeah. But that, and then his whole like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. And then he does. And then he does, and it's so fucking fantastic. So that is awesome. Um, the montage where they're smashing the fucking equipment in the yep. desert to, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. That right. shit is so fucking awesome. Um, when they're discussing like the whole plot to like embezzle the Superman pit. three. Oh shit! <laughs> it's all fucking so brilliant. Yeah. But it's so. It's so benign and, and subtle 
It, it really is. And that's what's so funny is because it's a comedy that, like, and it can be viewed on so many different levels. Right. It can be viewed on, like, a slapsticky, stupid level, but it can also be viewed on, like, a very real, like... And his neighbor. Neighbor is slapsticky oh, to me. Yes. And I think, I mean, that actor is hilarious in everything. He actually had a run on the newest season of BoJack Horseman. Oh, shit. And he's great. Diedrich Bader. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. Yep. He's in, um, he, he's actually Princess... Caroline's assistant in okay, the newest nice. season. He's great. He's great in everything. He was great in the Drew Carey show. He's great in everything that he's in. But his character as the neighbor makes me laugh so hard in that movie. Nice. And I agree. I agree with you. Then again, on quotability levels, it, it's amazingly good. Um, I think Jennifer Aniston is very funny oh. in it. Uh, we haven't even mentioned her at all. Yeah. Her work at Shenanigans. Oh, man. With the fucking... <laughs> What do they call it? The flare? flare? Pieces yeah. of flare? Yeah. You know the Nazis had pieces of flare. <laughs> yeah. They made the Jews wear them. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. And I, I cannot express enough to round it out why this is on my list. There's one thing that I have always wanted to do, and that is I have wanted to go into my job, and I've wanted to unscrew my cubicle, and I've wanted to fucking knock the wall, knock the wall over <laughs> so bad. <laughs> One day it will happen. One day it will be mine. <laughs> I just love how he doesn't care so nope. much. And then he's fucking cleaning the fish on his desk. <laughs> and then, um, and I love how people have taken the movie to a whole other level. Like people are making real jump to conclusions. Map. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. They have that. I love that he's got a bit part, but the guy with the O face. Yeah, yeah, still makes me laugh. I'm gonna show him my O face. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He has like he's in the movie for maybe three minutes. Yeah, and I I, 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 vis- I can visualize his scene. So that is why it's number two. I think it's good. I think Solid. I definitely, I definitely agree with that choice. Fair enough. I appreciate it. And dr- drum roll after I announce it, please. Yes. You ready? Here yes. we go. Number one, Dumb and Dumber. Chink. It's the same. Yay! We did it again. Yeah. High five. Yes. Dumb and Dumber. All-time favorite comedy for me as well. I Again, I know a lot of people think it's too dumb to be funny. And I will admit all the sequels have paled in comparison. <laughs> dumb and Dumber. Or what was the... Dumb and Dumber when Harry met, met Lloyd. Lloyd. Just like, awful. The, both the animated the, series. Awful. Everything to come from that movie has literally been a travesty. It shit the bed. It truly did, but that movie... Oh, I've talked about why I loved it, so, so tell me why it's your favorite comedy. I mean, for me, it's one of those that... Um, first off, uh, I nickname both of my daughters Harry and Lloyd, so I call them that on the regular. Perfect. Um, also, it's one of those for me that just when I think comedy, like when I think back to like what I found funny, I have... That movie feels like it's been with me my whole life. Yeah. Like, I always think back to it. There is not a single person that I have yet to run across that I can't be like, hey, you want to watch Dumb and Dumber? And they've been like, no, I hate that movie. <laughs> no, try I don't like no shopping. Tr- try it. Try it, audience. Go up to your friends and be like, hey, you guys want to watch Dumb and Dumber? I guarantee you, without fail, everybody's down to watch that movie whenever. And now we whenever. get to. We get to and do we're going to watch it together. Yay. And then we're going to do a show about Yay. it. Yay. But it's one of those, we're going to be the proverbial Harry and Lloyd. Oh, my goodness, yeah. But it's one of those that, no matter what, it's it's a happy memory for me. It's Our pet's heads are falling off! <laughs> it's one of those things that I can always go back to that movie. I, I don't care how shitty I'm feeling. I can turn on Dumb and Dumber and fucking 
tune out and just laugh and feel good about myself. Oh, man. It's fucking hilarious. They they truly, truly, truly captured lightning in a bottle with that movie. And it's crazy when you were describing to me earlier how that wasn't the original cast. Like, that's what that's not who they wrote it for. So the fact that all of these moving pieces came together to form this fucking, like, comedy masterpiece, which I consider to be the Fairley Brothers' magnum opus. I really, I agree. That is the height, that is the pinnacle of what they have done. Yeah. I think it, they, they really achieved their greatness Three Jim Carrey movies on your list, by the way. There is. I like fucking Jim Carrey in the 90s. Oh, man. Not like, I like fucking Jim Carrey in the 90s, but. I desperately want to make love to a (laughs) schoolboy. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but Jim Carrey and and I was I'm actually super glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up at the end of this. Jim Carrey symbolizes 90s comedy for me. When I think 90s comedy, I think Jim Carrey. I feel like I he first. was the king of the 90s comedy and for exactly the reasons you said, all of his movies tend to strike this awesome balance between comedic cartoon for children and adult subversive humor for adults yeah. and it's mo- every single one can grow with you every yeah. single one they i enjoyed thoroughly at a young age and still fucking enjoy to this day yeah. but for sometimes completely different reasons and that's kind of encapsulates this whole list for me is something that continues to be funny so there are movies that I watched when I was younger that I laughed hysterically at, you know, like Billy Madison. I talked right. about that a lot. And it's not in on my list because now when I watch it, it's just – it's too juvenile. Yeah. And the, the his movies truly do allow themselves to grow with you. And that sort of, in my opinion, encapsulates a good comedy. And all these movies on my list are ones that I can still watch to this day. And Wayne's World would be one that I would say, say is another sure. one that fits that bill. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it can – all of them are ones that I enjoyed 20 years ago, and I enjoyed 10 years ago, and, and I enjoyed yesterday. <laughs> right. And that, to me, makes a good comedy. And that's why the ones that we've listed aren't just like 90s encapsulations, like Clueless would be one that I would sing. It's a comedy about the 90s. Sure. It's a good comedy about the 90s. Sure. But it almost feels like a time capsule. Agreed. These don't. I, I couldn't say it better myself, and I am super stoked. To watch this movie with you. Me too. And to do a uh, number ones episode let's on this. Let's do it. So let's do it. So we got two in the bag now. We got to do. We've got it. So, I maybe, hey, we, maybe we can have a double feature and we'll record two that episodes would be back to back. That would be a fun Saturday. That would be a fun Saturday. So, all right, audience, you've heard our lists. I'm going to recap mine real quick. My number five was The Mask. My number four was Ace Ventura, colon, When Nature Calls. My number three is There Is Something About Mary. Number two was Office Space. And number one, just like my Fucking hilarious partner Jay was dumb, dumb and, and dumber. dumber. Fucking brilliant. Mary Samsonite. Now we should go first hear from our number one sponsor, which is beardmoney.com. <laughs> Gave me chill bumps. <laughs> but uh, beardmoney.com go to their website use promo code high five all words no fucking numbers get 20% off your purchase buy their shit we can't say it enough buy their fucking shit now, now listen to these commercials
This movie is too controversial to even tell you about. You want to be told about it, but you won't be told. Do you hate things or like things? It doesn't matter because it's too controversial. Coming this fall or maybe next spring because fuck you. Also, the gays hate it. Controversy, colon, Christians hate it. So does Satanists, though. Saddam hates it, but Donald Trump loves it. Controversy, the movie, running for president. Go fuck yourself. Taking the host from you. No, you're not. All right, and we're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back with game. And we're back. <laughs> Are we? And we're back with Game Master Jay, and he is about to lay upon us his smooth stylings of an amazing game that he has come up. Cummed up. Gross. <laughs> this is not something he, about something Mary. About Mary. He cummed up your hair. <laughs> he cummed up with specifically for this here uh, game episode. Get her done. Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, so, Game Master Jay, please inform us what is the game we shall be playing today? Well, I've actually, I've got to give you credit because this was yours. And I was so happy that you gave me this idea. But You're well, welcome. I've nicknamed this game. Comedy catastrophes. Love it. And so basically what we're going to do is mm-hmm. we have uh, these nifty little sheets over here labeled 1, 2, and 3. Those are nifty. And I have printed out fantastic comedic monologues Ooh. from 90s films. Wonderful. And I have here crazy accents. Oh, boy. So we have to randomly pick a comedy monologue. Okay. And you have to read it entirely in a crazy accent. All right. And dramatically. Dramatically, yes. Okay. So we're not doing it as a comedy monologue. No, that's why they're comedic catastrophes. Perfect. I love it. Let's so, do it. Let's just get into it. If you would uh, randomly select one, two, or three over here on a game board. I'm going to choose door number two. Boom. Ooh. And then I'm going to hold in my fists here. Which one do you want? I'm going to choose your jerk-off hand. Oh, gross. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that paper's crusty. <laughs> oh, all right. The accent is German. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the monologue is? <clears throat> the monologue is from Austin Powers. Amazing. <laughs> so a German accent, reading Austin Powers. Don't read ahead of time and begin. 
Uh, okay, hold on. First, I gotta get into a German accent. I gotta think German. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna do it as Arnold Schwarzenegger, okay. which is not That's German, German at all. That's German as Austrian. Right. It's in the same hemisphere. But sure, we'll go okay. with that. Go for it. So, <clears throat> the details of my life are quite inconsequential. Very well. Where do I begin? <laughs> my father. My father. Was a, oh, that is good. I like this better. Here we go. <laughs> I found something new. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving lingerie owner for Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims that he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. The sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My, ch my childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we would make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with seeds. Pretty standard, really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, a Zoroastrian named Vilma ritualistically shaved my testicles. There really is nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. Nine! Nine! Uh, great monologue. Thank you. Great accent. Thank you. I uh, I like it a whole thank lot. Thank you. I'd like um, to thank the Academy. <laughs> I'd like to thank my mom for raising me German. And I have chosen number three, Ooh. which I forget really I'm what it is. Tingling with anticipation. My accent is Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Is it right. Scottish? Sure. Oh, no. Whatever. What's <laughs> um, a Scottish? It's accent? kind of French. <laughs> What's a Scottish? Accent? Oh, let me think. Uh, uh, just uh, I always think of the Lucky Charms guy. So hold on. They're always after me, Lucky Charms. Okay. Yeah. So my my monologue is from Clueless. Oh my God. So, okay. Like, right now, for example, the Haitians need to come to America. But some people are all like, what about the strain on our resources? But it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? I said RSVP because it was a sit-down dinner. But people came to like and like did not RSVP, so I was like totally bugging. But I had to haul ass to the kitchen, redistribute the food, and squish an extra bless settings. By the end of the day, it was like the more the merrier. And so if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, and certainly party with the Haitians, and in conclusion, I please remind you, it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Lucky charms. I'm pretty sure you went Haitian Spanish. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. I'm going to go ahead and secede from the game altogether. You won that game so Yay! hard. Only because you did 12 <laughs> different accents in a single monologue. I'm really bad at accents. And my fucking hat off to you, sir. <laughs> you actually took your head off. Oh my god. I am crying right now. That was so... I can't do accents. Oh, I love that so hard. Oh, I can do like one accent and it's my own. Oh my god, I think I'm gonna have a heart attack. That oh. was so fucking funny. Oh my god.
This is a brilliant game. I love it. Yeah, that like was it wonderful. Too. Thank you what so was much. What's the one we didn't choose? I want to see. What, I forget yeah, what the one what, we didn't choose. What did we miss out on? Uh, oh, it was the it was the quote uh, the the monologue from Mallrats about my cousin Walter getting a can stuck <laughs> in his ass. Oh, we can oh, save that for a later shit. date. That oh. was fucking funny, man. This whole episode was well funny. done. Comedy. You know what's not subjective? Our fucking humor. Oh, comedy. Because if people don't find our episodes funny, fuck them. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a douchebag. That is it. We are done. We're out. Oh, I'm done. I'm All right, done. let's go. My heart, oh. is it normal to have chest pains after laughing so hard? I think so you, you cummed up right, yeah. <laughs> just cummed, <laughs> like, right up in it. Just, just cummed in it. Whatever. <sighs> <laughs>